What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overstated MBA Show. Tonight, we are recording this Sunday. It's about 9 o'clock my time. I believe it is... Fuck, I don't even know what time it is, but it's time by 5 o'clock. Um, I just want to let you know before we get into today's episode, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscapeguy.com, type in promo code Overstated, get 20% off free shipping. I say this all the time. It's about to be winter for a lot of us in the Midwest, Northeast, Northwest. Got to keep those balls looking fresh. You, fresh, use a little ball deodorant. Keep it trimmed down there, fellas. Come on. We all know that balls get a little sweaty, hot. We got layering up a little bit. Keep it, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh for your partner. Again, go to manscaped.com, promo code overstated. Without further ado, here is myself and Brett talking a little bit about the Los Angeles Lakers. Brett, what is going on, buddy? How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Just uh, yeah, just got done watching that Lakers Pistons game. I watched a little bit of the Bulls game. I got the Warriors game on right now. But yeah, that Lakers Pistons game was pretty wild. So I assume uh, we're going to be talking about that. And I know the plan was also to talk about just the Lakers season in general. And uh, it's been a frustrating one for Lakers fans. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I'm definitely down to talk about it a little bit. And it's good to be talking with you, brother. It is. It always, man. Always. So. I was at the Bucks Lakers game on Wednesday when Milwaukee just really, really, I mean, kicked the shit out of the Lakers. I mean, they had uh, multiple times they had a double digit lead. The Lakers kind of fought back a little bit, but Giannis basically owned AD in that entire Lakers team for, for, for that specific game. And then obviously we have Friday night, LeBron comes back um, from being injured, and it's pretty clear that they really miss him. And they go into Boston and Honestly, it really wasn't that close of a game. The Lakers had a 38-30 lead after one. That was the last time that they would win a quarter. I believe the game was either tied or close to tie at halftime, and then Boston just completely pulled away in that fourth quarter. And then you have tonight, as you alluded to, Brett, they play the Pistons, who are one of, you know, record-wise, one of the worst teams in the NBA. They barely win. LeBron James gets ejected. But um, with all this is said and done, man, I mean, the Lakers are – I believe they're the A seed right now. They haven't looked anywhere near the team that we thought they were going to look. I will be raised my hand. I was one of those people. I thought with the addition of Russell Westbrook, um, it would give the Lakers uh, more time to rest LeBron. You know, Russell could kind of carry them and with AD in the regular season. Granted, it is, you know, I, I start getting a little worried about stuff as we hit Christmas here, but. It was um, the Lakers. There's a lot of issues, and I'm really wondering who is going to be on this team as uh, the season progresses. But let's talk about the game tonight, Brett. What did you see from the Lakers Pistons, if you could see anything outside of LeBron getting ejected? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw the Pistons being in control of that game uh, pretty much, I won't say from the jump. I think the Lakers had a lead after the first quarter, but certainly throughout the second and third quarters, it felt like the Pistons were in total control of that game going into the fourth. You know, it really felt like they had it. They weren't perfect by any means. Jeremy Grant had some hot shooting. I thought Cade showed some real command and, and played a really nice floor game, but it was more just like the Lakers looked uh, lackadaisical, for lack of a better word, uh, just just a step slow, and uh, that was the Pistons' game. And unfortunately, in the final three or four minutes, uh, they gave it away to the Lakers. But they had a, a lead for the majority of that game. I believe they were still leading inside of three minutes in the fourth, and you know the Lakers just just took it. Um, but you know, I thought the Pistons should have won that game. 
And this has been sort of a trend with the Lakers where they're narrowly beating these bad teams, if not losing to them. But the ones that they win, it seems like their fans and everybody's kind of like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, where it's like, you know, four or five points difference or whatever, and, and they lose that game and it's a, a catastrophic or, or that's how it's perceived. But it's interesting to me how like, you know, the Spurs, for example, are, I believe they're four and 11 right now. And the Lakers beat them twice, but one of them was in OT and the other one was by like maybe five points. They barely won. And everyone's like, oh, it's okay. And, and even tonight against the Pistons, like they should have beaten the Pistons by 25 yet they trailed almost the entire game and it took, you know, until the final three minutes to, to, to overtake them. And they, and they barely did that. So it's like, just because they win, like things are not okay in La La Land. And I haven't seen anything that's convinced me that they're a legitimate team, whether LeBron's in the lineup or not, they do not look like a legitimate contender. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm more so surprised at how, bad I don't want to say bad because I think ad I mean as much as we, we we make fun of him because it's just too easy I mean he he's still putting up good numbers I'm just more so surprised at how lost this team is without LeBron in the lineup I mean it, it's it's strikingly bad to me I mean how much they they need him when the plan was being you know kind of dominated to us all summer long was or all off season I should say is how with the addition of Westbrook and all, I mean, you look up and down that roster, whether it's Malik Monk, Kedrick Nunn, I mean, Carmen, where would the Lakers be without Carmelo? I mean, we can answer that question in a minute here, but I am just more so surprised at how bad this team is. Looks, I shouldn't say bad, lost. I think lost is a perfect word. How lost their offense looks without LeBron James in there. And that's, that's a little scary. I mean, and, and you can kind of see the inconsistencies with this team. You know, they beat, Hey, we got to give a little credit where credit's due. They beat a very good Miami team. They beat them at home when LeBron wasn't playing. But, I mean, they they really missed LeBron. They, they just look out of sorts, man. And I, I think we knew that it was going to take a while, but I didn't think that it would be this bad. And I know we'll just get into your boy right now. I mean, I don't know where this team would be without Carmelo Anthony. I mean, and that's crazy to say in, you know, 2021. Yeah. No, I mean, he's been really good for them. I think they're probably asking a little too much of Carmelo. But, yeah, his numbers are, have been great. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game. You know, he's shooting. Uh, 46.1% from three on six and a half attempts a game. He's the only Laker with 40-plus three-point percentage uh, minimum 10 attempts per stat news. Like, they, they actually right. need him to win. Win. Yeah, well, that's what they need, and that, that's the problem. Like, I think Avery Bradley's over 40%, but it's such low volume that it doesn't really count, and they're starting him, and it's like like that lineup that they trotted out there tonight. I think I said this on Twitter. Like, the lineup was Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and DeAndre Jordan, and I was like, this might be the worst shooting starting five like we've seen, like at least in recent memory. Like, that, it's a dreadfully bad shooting starting five, and it's like – I get like wanting to bring Monk and Mello off the bench because like, you know, you need shooting there too. They just don't have enough, but yeah, he's, he's been valuable uh, for them. He's played really well. It's, it's just not a surprise to me. Like I I've, you know, I'm a big Mello guy and uh, this is what he did in Portland. 
it, in Portland, it was a little more like, you know, traditional mellow ISO. Hey, we need you to go get buckets. And he did that to, to a large degree. Whereas in LA, he's a little more of a spot up shooter, which I, I fully expected. And, and this is about what I expected for him, but it's certainly been a little bit more in terms of the minutes in the role. Like he's playing, I think about 30 minutes a game, maybe 29, just under 30 minutes a game this season. And I would have anticipated, you know, low twenties heading into the season. But then again, that's based on them being at full health, which they haven't been, but even when they have been, they have not looked spectacular. So I think there's real trouble in LA. I think it's a lot of factors we can talk about, whether it's just the poor fit with Westbrook and LeBron and AD, or whether it's these guys just getting old, or whether it's an issue of, you know, chemistry or injuries, whatever it is. Like it's just not enough shooting. Um, I, I don't know. I just uh I never liked the fit. And it's funny, when we did our preview episode, I, I picked them as the sixth seed in the west and now i feel like that might have been a little bit too optimistic because it and it, which is wild because it seemed wild to have them that low at the time but now i'm like i don't know yeah six seed like at best yeah and i think it's it's everything that you just said i, I think the injuries are playing a, a role in it i think the i mean he's frank vogel is shuffling uh, shuffling players in and out of the lineup i mean taylor horton tucker granted he played 32 minutes tonight but he came off the bench it's just really weird what they're doing and you can kind of tell that frank is probably using the first couple months of the season to almost as i don't want to use the word preseason but he's trying to feel this team out uh who can play where who's who plays better with this group who plays better with that group and i think it's i just think it's going to be a while i i do tend to be a little bit more optimistic on the lakers as a whole i think they'll eventually figure it out. I mean, they got talent all the way across the board. And I really, I mean, I think Taylor Horton Tucker, I mean, I, I, that guy needs to be getting as many, many minutes as possible, but they're just, again, I thought that they would struggle a little bit, but I guess for me, I'm more so surprised at how they're struggling. I mean, Westbrook seems to not know his role. Anthony Davis is, I, I just think he's trying to do way too much right now. I mean, he, they desperately, desperately miss LeBron to get Anthony Davis. I mean, he's putting up points, but, you know, it's not contributing to winning basketball, as I said. I mean, they're they're about a 500 team right now. Who is – let me ask you this, Brett. What do the Lakers need? Like, what what do they need? I mean, you see, like, DeAndre Jordan starting to play a lot more now. I mean, do they got Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan? What do they need? Do they need another perimeter defender? Do they need a 3 and D type guy? What – you live out there, so what are you hearing and what do they need? Yeah, well, I mean, they're definitely down bad in terms of perimeter defense. Like, they're clearly missing Alex Caruso and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Um, they could really use one of those guys. And and that's something where, I, you know, I think a lot of people think that you can just take guys like that and sort of replace them. But you can't. When you have guys that are role players that play that role perfectly – and it's a role that was born out of necessity and gradually developed and grown. Like you can't just plug in somebody else like Kent Bazemore and expect him to be Contavious Caldwell Pope or whatever. Like you can't just expect Avery Bradley to be Alex Caruso. Like it just, it does not work that way. And I think this has been uh, a pretty good example of just how valuable guys like that can be like where we sort of take them for granted when they're on the Lakers. But then when they leave, it's like, Oh shit, we could really use Caruso. 
they need more shooting and they need more perimeter defense. So yeah, like a true three and D guy would be fantastic for this team. And they don't really have that. Mello is a great shooter, but he doesn't play D. Uh, Reeves is a rookie. Uh, Contavious, or uh, excuse me, those these three name guys. Taylor Horton Tucker is not much of a shooter. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, they need that for sure. But I also think I, I I I hate to blame so much of it on Westbrook, but I just think it's a bad fit, man. Just to have a non shooter at point guard that that plays the way he does, I I just. I don't see it. He had a pretty good game tonight by like his standards, you know, this season. And I just don't see it contributing to to winning. And it's the same with AD. Like you could point to AD's stats every night. It's like, oh my God, 27, 11, four blocks, whatever. Like, you know, if you just looked at the box scores, you'd think he's one of the best players in the league. But when you watch him play, it's like lazy mid-range jumpers, giving up layups, um, and he'll, he'll get the stats by the end of the game, but he gives up a lot. And I, I just don't see the effort from that guy, man. Like I, I'm not going to straight up call him lazy, but he's been just a step slow, a little bit unengaged, uh, for a lot of this season. You, you saw it against the Celtics. I, I don't know how many layups they gave up, but it was probably like a season high. You could look at their numbers. The Lakers are dead last, at least heading into tonight. I don't know if anything changed against Detroit. I don't think it did because they gave up a lot of layups. Um, but they were dead last in opponent points in the paint allowed. They're giving up 51 per game, quite clearly the worst in the league. And uh, and, and you're supposed to have this guy, AD, that's like this rim protector, like elite defensive player as the anchor of your defense. And yet you're the worst interior defense in the entire NBA. So that's a real problem. And I think that's an issue of effort on AD's part. And, you know, people don't want to hear it. They just look at his box score stats. But when you watch him play, like you can see it. He's he's a step slow. I picked him as my defensive player of the year this year, and I'm kind of like, that was a horrible pick because he's the anchor of one of the worst defenses in the entire NBA. Well, yeah, and that's what's crazy too is when you go back under Frank Vogel, the Lakers have been a top five defense. Yeah. Their, de- their defensive rating so far this year, they're 21st in the league. They officially have the worst point differential in third quarters this season. They're negative 101. <sighs> I, it, it, so, I mean – I think that's where I am a little bit more surprised than probably you are because I figured, at least on the defensive end, I know Russ doesn't always bring it, but I mean, like that's that's their bread and butter. Maybe we should have been, we shouldn't be surprised of it with all the new faces that they have, with all the new players. I mean, it's it's tough, right? But I just, this is LeBron James, right? Are we are we really going to write off the Lakers right now? Is are no. we saying that the Lakers are done? I. I we, we, we talked about it on the Zoom on Friday with a couple of members of the overstated NBA group. I mean, granted, maybe Dwayne Wade kind of wanted to go back to Miami, but LeBron James had no problem th- trading his best friend in that final season with Cleveland if it was going to get him to another NBA final. So I wonder what kind of trade options are out there for him. But, I mean, unless this team starts playing defense and gets that defensive rating up, and like you said, it's all really just effort. And I'm not sure... I don't know, man. I like. I think I'd like to see LeBron maybe play 10, 15 games in a row here before we kind of officially say the Lakers are back or write the Lakers off. But there, there's no denying right right now, right now today, the Lakers are a bad basketball team, and the defensive metrics show that they're they're just bad. And like I said, I love Carmelo, but when you're relying on Carmelo Anthony in year whatever to to eighteen, 
to playing real minutes, Brett, as you said. And then you, I think you even alluded to it. They're, they're, I think they're asking him to do too much at this point. And luckily he's delivering. But eventually you would think that his stats are going to come back to the mean a little bit. No, and agreed, man. And and I mean, and he's great. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I would expect nothing less from him. But like, that's, you know, he's only going to give you so much. Like, he's not supposed to be even one of the, you know, top three or four guys on this team. And it's like, as bad as their defense is, you know, 19th out of 30 in defensive rating heading into tonight, third to last in opponents points per game. Like their offense is even worse. They're 25th in offensive rating heading into tonight. Like they're just a bad team. Like there's no sugarcoating that. So far this season, they've been a bad team. They've been like, and I know they're eight and nine, but like I would say based on everything, if you were to take all the numbers together, they're like a bottom, you know, 12 team in the NBA, which is just unacceptable for the LA Lakers. And I'll tell you, man, like, Look, I know LeBron's been injured, and I know he's only been back for two games, but I've watched both of those games. Like, I, I don't think he's the same guy, man. Like, he's just – he's slowed down. He's not the guy anymore. He was not the guy in the playoffs last season. Um, he was not even really the guy last season, as much as people want to talk about how great he was. He's slowing down, okay? Like, me and him are the same age. I get it. Um He's a professional athlete, right? He can, <laughs> he's still phenomenal. He can still be phenomenal for another few years, but he's not the guy that can just carry a team anymore. He's just not. Like, you can see him. He does not have the lift. He does not have the quickness. And one thing he does have is strength. He's, he's one of, if not the strongest guy in the league right now. He's incredibly strong. And I was thinking about this tonight watching the game because he did have a couple plays where he just took it to the rack and bullied the Pistons and made it look so easy. And I'm like, man, you could do that every time. Like you are so strong and so good, but it's funny because when guys get older, like they get stronger, you know, you, you point to any NBA player, this is how it goes. But at the same time, as you get older, you're also a little more averse to contact and injury risk. And you kind of just want to shoot more jumpers. Um, that's also how it goes. So it's this funny thing where like if he really embraced the just the strength and playing inside and attacking the rim, like he could probably still be unstoppable. But he seems to really like that jump shot and he's not a great shooter. And um, and, and so I, I just think he's starting to slow down. I think A.D. put on way too much weight for his frame. Um, I think he's lost a significant amount of the agility that made him so special on both ends as a younger player. Uh, he he does not look nearly as quick as he did in 2017, 2018, back when he was with the Pels. He looks bulky. He looks big. He looks like he's about 260, 265 now, where he was maybe 225, 230 when he came into the league. His frame does not carry that extra weight the way that somebody like Giannis is, does proportionately and conducively to functional strength. Okay. Like AD looks a little goofy when he bulks up. And you see it on the court. Like he just, he he's not moving that well. He's still a top you know, 15 player, whatever you want to call him, top 10 player, maybe even still very versatile, still very mobile for a guy his size, but he's lost some of what made him special. And Russ, we don't even need to get into his decline. He's obviously not the same player that he was. And the last thing I'll say about him, and he played pretty well tonight, and this is what got me thinking about it. Somebody on Twitter the other night asked, what would Russ have to do? What would he have to become to be like a a net positive, like a good player, like a player who's positively impactful, who contributes to winning. And my answer was slow it down a little bit, loosen up, 
right? Slow it down and loosen up, okay? Because he goes way too fast sometimes where like when you're going that fast, how are you even supposed to make the right decision? And then he plays so tight, so rigid. Like you see it when he goes into his jump shot, his whole body is just like stiff. And it's like, yeah, no wonder you fucking miss every jump shot. Like you're shooting rigid. Like you're supposed to shoot loose. Tonight, he seemed like he slowed it down a little bit. Like in the first quarter, it was like, hey, these mid-range jumpers are still there. Even if I'm going 80% instead of 175%, like that shot is still there. And I'm a little more, and he looked really loose and comfortable knocking him down. And he had one of his better games of the season. So I just think, I think with, I think that could be huge for them because they're not, they probably can't trade him, right? Like with his contract, unless there was some miraculous thing they could do to, to swap him again, yet again for John Wall. Um, but, but, you know, they're, they're probably uh, tied into Russ for the rest of the season. And like, just for him on an individual level, slow it down, buddy. Like there's a reason that they're second in pace right now, despite how bad they've been offensively. It's the Russ effect. Like he, he fucking makes you go. And it's like, I don't think that's the identity this team wants. And I don't think that's what's best for Russ at this stage in his career. Like put it on like 60%, man. Like and and start using the, the intelligence, the basketball IQ that you've accumulated over all these years and start looking for good shots. Because when you're going a million miles an hour, man, like you're going to miss reads, you're going to take bad shots. You're going to be stiff. You're going to be rigid. You're going to throw up bricks. So I think for him to, to be a, a good player in the modern NBA, he just needs to slow it down and loosen up a little bit. And I did see some signs of that tonight. So from a Lakers fans perspective, that's encouraging. Yeah, it is. And I also think, you know, going back to your LeBron point, he's averaging, granted, it's only been seven, eight games. You know, he's averaging uh, 36.3 minutes per game, which would be the highest amount of minutes per game that he's played since he's been a Laker. Since his last season in Cleveland, I believe he was at 36.9 and 37.8 his last two years. His points per game is 24.6, which it would be his lowest as a Laker. It'd actually be is granted again it's it's seven games i don't i don't want to make too big of a deal with this but it'd be his lowest uh, output uh points per game since he was a rookie uh at 20.9 points per game so that i mean there may be something kind of to what you were saying but i also think lebron kind of takes his time to ramp things up he's in year what 18 as well i mean he these guys know what they're doing i'm not worried about lebron but what i am worried about is his supporting cast you know you and i really really like the Malik Monk signing. I mean, he's averaging a career high in minutes, but he's only, uh, his points per game is 8.8. I mean, he really, again, and I, I was watching him pretty closely uh, when they played uh, in Milwaukee on Wednesday, and it just seems like something's off, you know, with, with, with him and a lot of these other role players that they brought in. And I don't know what it is. I mean, Rajon Rondo is his minutes seem to go up and down. DeAndre Jordan played five minutes on on Wednesday. Um, I mean, they even threw in uh, Wayne Ellington, which I loved because Milwaukee just kicked the shit out of them. I almost think. Do you think they have too many guys, Brett? Uh, I think they have too many bad players. (laughs) You know, like I think Wayne Ellington is trash. Like, I think DeAndre Jordan is trash. I think Avery Bradley is trash. And, like, these are guys that are getting big minutes on that team. Avery Bradley started for them tonight. Like, I don't know what how many games he started this year, but he's like a he, starter he started, for them. He started on Wednesday, too. And I, yeah, believe- he start, I think he started the majority of their games. I'd have to look that up. But, but the bottom line is this. Like, this is a guy that offers you nothing on offense. Nothing. Nothing. Five points a game. 
like cannot create, just doesn't do anything. He's just a guy that, you know, you pass it to him and he passes it to the next guy. Like that's all he is offensively. He does nothing. Whereas like Malik Monk can stroke the three, like Taylor Horton Tucker can get to the rack. They are threats in their own way. Avery Bradley's a zero on offense. And it's like in the modern NBA, can you really get away with starting and allotting 20 plus minutes to a guy that's a net zero on offense? He does nothing. It's like, why is he out there? Like I'd rather have THT in that lineup because he'll give you, you know, 85% of Avery's defense and, you know, significantly more offense. And same with Monk. Maybe Monk gives you 70% of the defense, but 10 times the offense. And like, I know that one of their biggest issues has been defense, but like, I don't think Avery Bradley's the answer. And, and same with DeAndre Jordan. Like, these guys are old. These guys are trash. What are they doing out there? Why are we playing these guys? Like, I, I'm, I'm not saying like THT and Monk and like, you know, uh, Reeves are like the the answer necessarily. But Avery Bradley's not the answer. DeAndre Jordan's not the answer. And both of those guys started tonight. Like, and I don't really see much of an alternative unless AD is willing to start at the center. LeBron's willing to start at the four. And then, you know, maybe you start Mello and THT or like uh, Monk and, you know, a, a fucking buyout guy. And then you're stuck with Westbrook, obviously, at point guard. But like, you need some shooting out there. And it, it sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but it's like, what are they doing? You need shooting in the modern NBA. And like these lineups they're playing just don't have enough of it. Look, man, I, I think best case scenario, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not saying like this team's going to miss the playoffs. Like, I'm not that worried about them in that sense. Like, yeah, I think they'll end up being, you know, the fifth, probably sixth seed, something like that. Um, they'll get in. But, like, can we really expect this team to win a playoff series as presently constructed? Like, well, I don't think so. Who would I, they be? I, I, I do think a trade is to be made. And to your point, granted, LeBron did get ejected tonight. Should probably be thrown in jail for that elbow that he threw or that punch he, I should say. <laughs> but, I mean, De- Detroit's the the second worst team or tied for dead last in the East. They're 4-12. and 12. We love you, Molly, but I, ha- I have to point that out. But if you're a Lakers fan – I think you have to kind of look at the schedule here. You do have LeBron back. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go through the rest of November here. They play at New York, at Indiana. Then they come home for Sacramento and Detroit again. Then they go up to Sacramento. <coughs> and then their December isn't bad, man. I mean, you got the, yeah, they got the Clippers. They got Boston again. But then they play Memphis. Okay, I shouldn't say OKC because OKC is beating them twice now. But, I mean, there, there's a chance that they could rip off, you know, five, six in a row here and be right back into this thing. Yeah. The, the West seems to be a little bit topsy-turvy, but I, – I, and I don't know – I wanted to come on here tonight and, you know, as we're talking and be like, hey, what, what trade out there is there for the Lakers to make? And But I don't think there is one. No. I mean, I'm sure there, there's going to be one, but I don't know who they get on this team that's going to help them. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's It's one of those things, man. It's – kind of hard to speculate because it's like who's out there who are they going to give up like if you're bringing in a superstar that makes really good money then it's like Westbrook but you know they have a couple of pretty tradable contracts like I think THT at three years 30 million is very tradable I think a lot of teams would love to have him but it's like are you really going to give up that guy like because he's 
you know, he could be a big part of your future. Like, I think you want to, you've love got him. He didn't play good tonight. I mean, I think he was 0 for 6 tonight, but he looked nah, good great. against Milwaukee, man. He's awesome, man. Like I, I said at the time, like that was maybe my favorite signing of the offseason because I think, you know, by next season, the season after that, like he's going to be well worth $10 million. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's a guy that they want to hold on to in the long term. So, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Again, like, I think Russ needs to play a certain way. I'm just going to accept that they're kind of stuck with him and he needs to just slow it down a little bit. Like I said, uh, do a little more off ball, obviously. And then aside from that, yeah, man, it's like they want the same guys that every other team in the NBA wants, like three and D wings, you know, like guys that can (laughs) knock down threes and defend. Yeah. That would help them a lot. Like I'm sure they'll target somebody. We'll probably get somebody in the buyout market, maybe sooner. Maybe they'll make a deal. I don't think it'll, it's going to be anything major. Um, I think this is going to be largely what they're working with in the postseason. And personally, I don't think it's enough. I think this is, I think LeBron is, you know, 80% of what he was in his prime. I think AD is maybe 85% of what he was in his prime. I think Westbrook is maybe. 75% of what he was in his prime. So like you, it, it mellow is, you know, 70% of what he was in his prime. So like you, you go down the list, Rondo, you have all these guys, like they're big names. They were great players. Some of them still are great players, LeBron and AD, no question, but they're not really LeBron and AD. And I just, I don't know. It's just not a good fit, man. It's really not. You just watch them play. It's not pretty. It's not fluid. Um, the defense is a disaster. They don't look inspired. The body language isn't good. Not to say that stuff can't improve. I think most of it will. But to the point where they're a legitimate contender, when you've got teams like Phoenix and Golden State, Denver potentially when Murray comes back in the West, you know, it's like I don't think they're close to that tier. I think they're in the bottom tier of the playoff picture. I think they're closer to maybe Portland right now. Um, I don't and, think and that's right now too. I, I think, I think we should emphasize right that. I mean, I mean, I, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think they're anywhere close to what golden state and Phoenix are. I, I think those two are the, the class. I mean, you could throw Utah in there as well, but oh, you Utah, know, yeah. two, we don't, we have no idea about Kawhi, but I mean, the Clippers are still hanging tough. I mean, there's, there, there, there's a lot of room to improve with, with the Lakers, but I'm with you. Well, I, I have been, very disappointed in, in how they played. Like I said, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a struggle, but nothing, nothing like this. And it, it, it's 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 disappointing. I mean, it it really really is. Well, I guess we should probably talk about what happened tonight, right? Hey man, I, the floor is yours, <laughs> Brett. The floor. I, I'm so um well, reeling I mean, in the fact that the Packers fucking choked the game away, but the, the floor is yours. <laughs> I, I didn't see what happened at first. I just saw. Isaiah Stewart just like trying to break through all the people that were holding him back and get to, I thought it was something with Russ to be honest at first. Cause I missed the, I missed the initial thing when I first saw it and it looked like he was going at Russ from where I saw and the way the broadcast I was watching, um, the volume was down, but I assume it was the local, you know, Lakers broadcast, Stu Lance. And they didn't show a, a replay for a minute. I'm just sitting there and like, I think, you know, if you were sitting with me, sitting near me in the bar, it would have been funny. Cause I'm like, yo, show it, show it, show the fucking replay. Like what, what happened? Like, I'm like yelling out loud. <laughs> Cause I'm like, what is going on here? And then they finally show it. And it, at the time, it looked like LeBron elbowed Isaiah Stewart in the face, kind of off a box out, you know, off a, a missed free throw or whatever. And that's kind of what I thought happened was like LeBron caught him with an elbow. 
uh, obviously, you know, in the face, it made him bleed and he reacted to that and, and went after him. Uh, and then I saw though on Twitter, you know, some, like some up close replays, like what really happened. And from what I could see, and I watched this like a dozen times for real, it looked like LeBron, LeBron's left hand was holding Isaiah Stewart's hand. Like LeBron had his fist clenched holding Isaiah's hand and then LeBron let the fist go and swung back and smacked him as hard as he could in the face obviously it was pretty hard it made him bleed profusely uh and then you know Isaiah went after him and man I swear like that was such a hard hit I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah was concussed and I think if he was, that may have been the only thing that prevented him from straight up decking LeBron when he got up in his face, because you could see he was dazed. Like he was, he he was just noticing that he was bleeding. <laughs> he definitely looked out of it. And so there was that split second where they were actually face to face. But if you see him, he looked dazed. And then I think when he really realized what happened and how much he was bleeding, that was when he kind of went crazy. It was like, you know, trying to fight through all his teammates, like doing that thing where they all hold him back. They all hold him back. And then, okay, it's cool. And then just when they sort of let go, he goes back at him. Like he wanted to go at LeBron. And then even you saw like in the tunnel um, where they were walking him into the tunnel where he broke free in the tunnel. And then the camera showed the other side, like the Lakers side, and it looked like they thought he was going to come back out and around. I don't know how the tunnels work, but that looked like what they were worried about was that he was coming back because he took off. So obviously he was very upset, um, and I don't blame him. I definitely see how he saw that as an intentional cheap shot, and that's how I see it watching it. And look, man, like I played basketball my whole life. I get it. I've done some crazy shit on the court when I'm frustrated, losing, shooting poorly, whatever. Um, I've done some dumb shit too. I think anybody who's really played ball probably has. Uh, and that's what LeBron did. He lost his cool. He was frustrated. They were getting their asses kicked. Maybe he thought he was being held. Maybe he thought Stewart was being a little too physical with him. And out of pure frustration, he basically punched him in the face as hard as he could. And that was the result was that was a, was people could call it an overreaction. I don't think it was. I mean, I, I get where, where Stewart was coming from. And I think LeBron needs to know like, you know what he did and then how bad it was and how bad it looks when you see it on the replay. So it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not, it's not, we've I mean, been, I wanted to see it. I want to see a mouse at the palace part two, we were, but with no fans. We were, just, just, I call, just, I, I think is. I called it. I called it. I called it big trouble in Little Caesars. Like, just let it be known that I was the first person to say that. <laughs> I, I, thought, I think that they I should thought just, that was pretty good. They should have um, just had. They should have just had the fans stay there. No fans involved, but just have the Pistons and Lakers actually fight. <laughs> like instead of like Dude. no security, nobody holding anybody back. Just just have them fight and see who comes out on top. I, I, see, I think that I would have been more entertaining than the game. I would not have blamed Isaiah Stewart if he had if he had just decked LeBron. It's like, all right, man. Well, you fucked up. Like you're going to be suspended for a long time. You just decked LeBron, but like on an emotional level, like I would get it. Where like the Jokic thing a couple weeks ago was like, eh, it was just a hard foul. Like he didn't actually hurt you at all. Like it was just a bump, and, and you freaked out, and you know you, you hurt him. But like this was like this was malicious and violent and just a super dirty thing to do. Like, and again, I just, 
I want to see it another way, but watching the replays, I, I just can't. You know, I, I can't. I can only see it as LeBron acting out of frustration, and then everyone's like, oh, well, he apologized right away. It's like, yeah, because he knew what he was doing. Like, when you do something by accident, you might not even know that you hit the guy. But, like, he knew exactly what he was doing, and the moment he did it, he was like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to do that. Like, come on. He's so calculated. Like, I hope nobody thinks that was an accident. Um but again, it's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing I've seen on a basketball court. It is what it is. Like he he got tossed. Um, he'll probably get a fine. He might get like a one game suspension, which is fine. Like it's that that's fine. I know we were joking about like, getting suspended for the rest. Throw of him the in season, jail, man. Throw, throw, throw him in jail. Him in jail. <laughs> Put him under the jail. No, but like for real. Like I think a one game suspension would be just fine for that. It's not a big deal. Maybe you know get a fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suspend the kid, Stewart, though, man. Like he had every right to be upset about that. But uh, who knows how this shit works in the league? It's 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 funny because it's LeBron. It's going to get you know a ton of press, and it has, and 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 people are going to give him the benefit of the doubt because first of all, like you know everybody loves LeBron, and second of all, he's never done anything like this. Like he's not a dirty player. Like he's we we can talk a lot of shit about LeBron and nitpick at things that he does and criticize his body language and his flopping and his whining and his complaining and his finger pointing and his everything about LeBron that we all hate. Like we can definitely criticize that, but he's not a dirty player. He's not a violent player. He doesn't do stuff like this. Okay. He's not, he's not Marquise Morris. He's not Marcus Morris. Like he's not Jokic. He doesn't do this kind of stuff, but, uh, but he did tonight. And I think people are giving him the benefit of the doubt because that's not part of his history. But I think you have to look at this kind of in a vacuum and be like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Probably deserves maybe a one-game suspension, and uh, and then we just move on. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's LeBron, man. It, it, I'll be shocked if it's more than two games. It, yeah, it, oh, no, if no, it's no. if he's even suspended at all. If but, he's even suspended, yeah. I mean, bro, that is going to be it for us tonight, dude. Because I am exhausted. It's nine forty-five my time, dude. I got to get some sleep. I got to be up at four in the morning. But um. Hit us up, man. I mean, you guys know where to find Brett and I. Uh, we're doing a State of the Union for all uh, NBA teams. I just did one with with Mikey Byer, who is a Portland Trailblazers fan. I got a lot of people hitting me up wanting to do something. Yeah, hit us up, and we'll we'll, we'll gladly jump on for 20, 25 minutes, and, and we'll wrap. I got about a couple other ones lined up. We also have a Overstated NFL show. Check us out over there, man. Overstated, we are uh, we're taking over a little bit. So uh, for myself and Brett, we will see you guys next time. Later. Thank you.